Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the digital resource curator for Faith to Go. And I'm Charla Pressler, and I'm the youth missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And I'm Christina Miller. I'm a guest on the podcast today. I'm a postulant for ordination in the San Diego Diocese. Christina, welcome to the show. Thank you, David. This is your second time on the podcast. It is. I think it's been about a year, maybe a little over. Yeah, it could have been 10 years. I have no concept of time anymore. I was about to say in COVID years, it's been 10, but yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember when you were on and it feels like a million years ago, and it really was probably a year and a half ago or something. Um, well, welcome, Christina, and welcome everybody out there listening to uh, our faith to go podcast gospel discussion uh, for this week leading up to the sixth Sunday after the Epiphany, i.e. February 13th. Uh, we're so glad that you all can join us. And like I said in the top, we're so glad that Christina, you could join us. And would you share just a little bit more with everybody about your ministry context? Where are you in the world? Uh, what do you do there? And what are some, you know, joys and challenges of your, of your ministry, wherever you are? Yeah, well, I am from San Diego. Um, and I'm currently living in Austin and going to Seminary of the Southwest for my Anglican studies year. Um, I did my MDiv at a not Episcopal seminary, so I'm now getting the Anglican end of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm living in community, going to chapel, going to classes, and learning how to be a student again. Mm. What's that been like? It's different um, because I came from teaching my first college course. Mm-hmm. And I really had to learn how to embody the role of a professor, which felt like a um, very exciting and challenging opportunity. And then I went back to being on the other end of it. But it's actually, I think, going to make me a better teacher because I'm learning, um, remembering how it is to be in that role. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then would you, from your context, maybe share some time in the last week or so when you felt God's presence, either a consolation or a desolation, when it was easy to feel or see God moving or when it was hard, something we talk about every week at the beginning of the show. Yeah. Well, what comes to mind first is my yoga class last night because it was so nourishing. Um, One of the things about being a student again is there's a lot of time at my computer. There's a lot of time sitting. There's a lot of exercising my mind and intellect. And it's so helpful to have embodied practices where I can um, just be back in my physicality and get energy moving through me and uh, feel the energy and movement of other people in the same room. So it's um, a really important balance for the kind of work I'm doing right now. Yeah, I love that. All right, and now... We're going to get into the gospel for this upcoming Sunday. Um, but before we get into that, I want to make, make sure everybody knows that we want to hear from you, just like we heard from Christina about where you saw God or felt God this past week. Um, any of your questions or stories or comments from your week of faith discussion or personal reflection, uh, we would love to hear from you. You can email us, faith2go at edsd.org. You can contact us through our website, where you can also always find all those faith to go resources to help you help prompt any of that discussion and reflection with yourself, your family, your community, uh, myfaith2go.org. You can also 
contact us through direct messages, tag us on Instagram at faith to go, or you can give us a call and leave a voicemail or send us a text message. Um, 562-384-7638. That's 562-FTG-POD8. Um, so we're going to get into our gospel discussion this week. Uh, Charlotte is going to read the gospel as she is our, our deacon on the podcast. <laughs> and, um, and then I'll share some context for where we are in the gospel. And then we'll get into our points for this week. So Charlotte's going to read the gospel for this sixth Sunday after the Epiphany in Year C. That is from Luke chapter 6, verses 17 to 26. Jesus came down with the 12 apostles and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea, Jerusalem, and the coast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all in the crowd were trying to touch him, for power came out from him and healed all of them. Then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. All right. Jesus with the blessings and woes. This is, this is you know, just this is vintage Jesus, I would say. Um, all right. So we're in Luke chapter six. Um, so we've moved from Luke chapter four to chapter five to chapter six in the last three weeks. So two weeks ago, we were in Luke chapter four, Jesus in the temple, Jesus being driven out of town by an angry crowd. And then Luke chapter five last week, the beginning of which we talked about um, the call story of Peter on the sea going, you know, into the deep water, casting the net between that story, which is the beginning of chapter five and this story, which is kind of the middle-ish area of chapter six. What's essentially happened is that Jesus being now followed by those disciples he's called so far has been kind of going around the region of Galilee, healing people mostly. Uh, he's done some, some teaching about, you know, about the Sabbath. That's the first thing that happens in chapter six, but he's healed people. He's cast out demons. He's healed someone with a withered hand. He's then called the rest of the 12 disciples to fill out all the slots. Uh, and then, you know, right into this area of Tyre and Sidon and now the Sermon on the Plain. So it just kind of like in Matthew's gospel where we get the Sermon on the Mount, this is like kind of this big, this starts this large block of teaching that that is put very, in, very specifically at the beginning of Jesus's ministry. So here's, that's where we are. You know, like they, the disciples have just really been gathered. Jesus has been doing things before this. And now he's with his his people and his crowd. And there we are, Luke chapter six. Uh, and I think Christine is going to get a little bit more into that, you know, what has come before this and how it's informing the now. So uh, Christina, you've got the first point. Great. Thanks. 
Yeah, what stands out to me right away is Jesus as a teacher and Jesus as a healer in this passage and the way that he's embodying both of those roles um, in his life already and the teachings that he's now sharing with the crowd and with his disciples are really coming out of his own lived experience. So Jesus has already been born into a context of persecution um, and a, a sense of exile from his geographical location. Um, he's already spent time in the wilderness where he was tested and experienced his own hunger um, and had to face some of his own temptations or fears. Um, and then he's already been run out of his own hometown synagogue by his own church community. Um, and then we have him here uh, kind of talking about what he has already experienced and gone through and relating it to what um, all of his followers will also encounter in their life of living in God. Um, so I think it's a really beautiful balance of seeing Jesus in his humanity and his, in his divinity, that as a human, he experiences hunger and sadness and laughter and um, experiences being excluded in his relationships. Um, and then in his spiritual sense, um, he's also talking about the fruit that will come from that. And we're seeing that in his healing ministry. Um, and then I was also thinking about how Jesus as the great I am and as the alpha and omega is already holding his whole life's experience within him and all of humanity's experience within him. Um, and in that he can draw on um, all of those experiences in his teaching and in his ability to heal. So Jesus as a great I am, and even in a spiritual sense, being outside of uh, Kronos, like the chronology of time, um, being able to draw on the suffering that he's ex he will and has, in a sense, experienced on the cross. Um, and our, so he's holding like his birth and his death um, in these uh, polarities and then how he's embodying that experience within his own life and ministry. Yeah. Well, and I love Christina, as you were talking, I connected back to your God sighting because you were talking about Jesus in all of these human experiences and then the spiritual experiences and it's such a reminder of how each of us always hold both and within us as well. Um, because in your yoga practice, you were talking about moving from your very cerebral practice of being engaged through your computer and learning and with people and moving back into the seminal knowledge that's in your body in, in that movement. And I just love how like your God sighting related directly to your point today. And I doubt that that was on purpose, but for me, it just resonated deeply to hear those two things tied together and so i'm i am also i was also struck by the polarities um thinking about this gospel like i i always love i i just i love the kind of like 
I love the interplay of gospel stories, the kind of intertextuality of the gospels when stories overlap, when we have overlapping material, especially between Matthew and Luke, because there is so much, there is so much shared material between, you know, all three of the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but definitely the Matthew and Luke gospels who we think were sharing Mark in common and then each had their own kind of separate source material from one another. So it's interesting to look at how they like adapt um the jesus their how they inherit their jesus tradition and like what the stories are and, and the slight differences between them and so we have like i talked about in the in the um context is we, we have these big blocks of teaching in both matthew and luke from jesus right up at the front of his ministry his public ministry and in matthew we know it very well because we talk about it way more than we talk about this one because in matthew chapter five we talk about the sermon on the mount because it has all of this, I think partially because it has all of this like metaphor and imagery of like Moses of Sinai, like going up on the mountain saying, you've heard this thing. And I tell you this thing. And the very beginning of that sermon on the Mount is the Beatitudes. But then we get today, Luke's version of the Beatitudes. And I'm just, I'm just like so struck by what Luke does differently here than Matthew because Matthew is very clear. Matthew has all like the blessings. I think it's nine, nine blessings. Um, blessed are, blessed are the poor, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the hungry for those hungry for justice and blessed, you know, blessed, blessed, blessed. But Luke, throw, Luke pairs it down to four blessings and then adds four woes, you know? And I, I just wonder like, I have no answers, but I, I wonder what the author of Luke, like why, what was different in Luke's like inheritance of this Jesus tradition? What was different in the author of Luke's context uh, that, that made them put this in here, that made them uh, add these woes, you know, instead of just blessings. And I think, one thing that I love about it is that it brings more people into this conversation that Jesus is trying to have. You know, it brings the polarities into dialogue and it brings people in, a, in multiple ends of a political or social spectrum into conversation with one another. And it, and it invites one specific group of people into act into a more active role. Uh, and so, because I have this feeling like, if I'm just, if all we had, if all we had was the Sermon on the Mount, if we only had Beatitudes from Matthew, we could really, like, especially the, those of us who are more privileged, we could think about it as, like, we're kind of standing on the sideline. Like, I have this image of my mind of, like, the rich, comfortable, powerful people kind of, like, standing on the side, watching Jesus talk to the more poor, suffering, marginalized people, saying, you know, giving them hope and, and just standing there being like, oh, isn't that so nice? Like, look at Jesus over there comforting the uncomfortable, comforting the sorrowful, comforting the people who are weeping. I'm so glad that someday they'll be as happy as we are. And, uh, and then I love then that Luke, in Luke's version, Jesus turns and looks at them and says, but guess what, you guys? Woe to you. <laughs> Woe to you who are comfortable. Woe to you who are full. Woe to you who are rich. Woe to you who are laughing. Woe to you who are accepted by everyone. Because if all those things are true, there's something wrong. And I just, I love that Luke is going out of Luke's way 
to disrupt that comfort. Um, and in, in a way that doesn't, I don't know if it necessarily has uh, some sort of end goal in mind other than to create a dialogue, to invite them into reflection on their comfort, on their privilege. And to say, you don't, it's, it's not that you're over there comfortable hoping that these people over here will someday be as comfortable as you, but you need to recognize that there's something wrong over here if you're feeling this kind of comfort. Like if you're feeling like you're an observer of suffering, you are missing out on something. And so what are you missing? You know, it's probably the kingdom, <laughs> as he says, you know, it's, 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 it's fullness and, 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 and being in touch with your own weeping and being in touch with the truth telling that you might be called to be doing, but instead you're, te- you're, you're not telling the truth because you're saying things that you know will be accepted. Like, so he's asking, he's turning and saying, well, what about you guys? You know, you're here too. You don't get to just be detached observers. What is your work to do here as well? Similarly, I was noticing the differences between the blessings and the woes. And as I was thinking about it, both through Christina's point and David's, a new thing came up for me, which I really love. Like, that's why we listen to each other. It's not about just talking. It's about listening to each other. And it was here in this first paragraph, what we get right at the end of it, which is, and all in the crowd were trying to touch him for power came out from him and healed all of them. And so the power that's coming out of Jesus, you know, we've heard this in many different places throughout the gospel. And certainly there is that physical healing that takes place. But all of a sudden I was thinking about the healing power of these words, um, these words that we get right after this and the healing that's offered to the people who cannot help but notice all of the ways in which they are afflicted. Because when you are poor, you know that the ends don't meet and that your your roof has holes in it and that your clothes are shabby and you feel the cold bitterly. You know um, that empty feeling of your stomach or worse than that, worrying about the empty feeling of your children's stomachs. Um, you know the grief that has washed over you that you don't seem to be able to claw your way out of. And you know when you have been left out, reviled and defamed, you know all of these things. And so the healing of those words that comes is the promise of being filled, of being one in the kingdom, that the that the grief will end and that you will find laughter, I hope in partnership and in company of the other people. Um, but regardless, like these healing words in the beginning speak to the promise of what is to come because the people who are experiencing these things are fully aware. <laughs> there is no missing the ways in which they are suffering. But perhaps the healing that's offered in these woe sections is the call to notice their own abundance. And David, I talked a little bit about that last week in naming the fact that like we sometimes feel unworthy of our abundance. But I think also in this instance that maybe we don't know, we don't notice the way in which we have too much and that we are called to share it with others. You know, if you have two coats, give one away. If you are rich, perhaps, you know, there is the opportunity to help mend someone's roof um, or to notice the patched elbows in their coats. Um, if you are full, um, and especially in food justice mindset, like when I when I hear this, if you are full, I think so much about food deserts um, or people who are 
strictly eating food that don't have traditional um, full nutritional value. And yet there are people with refrigerators and sometimes it's even me who has to throw out my bag of lettuce because I didn't get to it this week, right? That, and, and that's abundance that I have lettuce that I didn't get to this week and that I had to, to throw it out. And so in this call to action though, is also an offering of healing from Jesus to those people also, because when we don't notice the abundance that we have, and when we don't notice the needs of others, we're broken too. And so I love the fact that like this first line that talks about healing, um, it was offered to all of them. So that means that that healing was for the people who were already suffering and also for the people whom he turns around and says, woe to the healing is for all of us. And I've been thinking about that a lot in my own context lately, that sometimes support or healing looks like accountability. It looks like being called to notice the things that aren't going correctly and to reach across a divide to another person who is suffering or in need. And I love that we get that from Jesus in this. It's making me think too of the internal aspect um, where we're containing all of those polarities within ourselves and just like how Jesus in his incarnation had the whole range of human experience and he was aware of his suffering and his abundance. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also a call to look inward, to be able to recognize our own, um, suffering and our own need and also our our own um abundance that's offered in god and that there isn't an us them in this polarity it's that we all have that whole range within us to begin with but we don't always um look inward and really get to know those parts of ourselves Mm -hmm. all right well those are our points for this week so good um, to recap, we had Christina, uh, number one, talking about um, the way that Jesus is bringing uh, his experience of, of rejection, of hunger, of poverty, of weeping um, to this teaching and the way that he embodies and brings all of his body wisdom and experience into what he does in his ministry and his invitation uh, to us and to the people with him. Um, to pay attention to their bodies, to their wisdom in their bodies, to bring their full selves into the world, uh, into their relationships. Number two was mine, and it was about um, the way that Jesus, uh, the way that the writer of Luke's gospel is uh, including both blessings and woes, uh, the way that, um, that, that Jesus in, in this reading is inviting more people into the conversation through the woes and then not just using the blessings. And then Charlotte's was uh, thinking about healing in the way that uh, both the blessings and the woes can be used for healing. Again, Jesus inviting everyone into that kind of personal interior reflection where we're all this kind of big mix of blessings and woes. So uh, what do they all have to teach us moving forward? So having heard those three points, we invite you to maybe share with us what your point would have been, any of your questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion or reflection, your God sighting from the last week. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can always email us, faithgo at edsd.org. You can contact us through our website where you can also find all of the resources to help you with that kind of personal 
uh, family or community reflection, myfaithtogo.org. You can contact us through direct messages on or uh, tag us in an Instagram post at faith to go. And you can also call us, leave a voicemail or send us a text message, 562-384-7638, 562-FTGPOD8. And you can find all of those uh, ways of contacting us listed down in the description for this podcast. You can just scroll down, click on links to email and go to the website, all those great things. We have a, a small shift in our resource offerings coming, not anything about the actual resources themselves, just when we're going to be posting them and sending them out. Instead of releasing them on Sunday morning, before you go to church and hear a totally different gospel that we just talked about in the podcast, uh, we're going to try out releasing everything on Monday morning. So we're just switching it one day. And so everything that's been in your inbox Sunday morning, if you subscribe to the, to the email and on the website and the podcast itself, uh, you can just find that on Monday morning instead of Sunday. So your Monday commute instead of your Sunday commute, and then use it throughout the week leading up to uh, the Sunday gospel for the following Sunday. So that's going to happen on February 14th. So next week, the week after you hear this, those resources will come out on Monday, February 14th, instead of Sunday, February 13th. So it's our Valentine's Day gift. Our Valentine's Day gift to you. So if you don't see them on Sunday morning, don't worry. Don't freak out. Just keep an eye out. Monday, <laughs> they'll be there. Uh, and that's it. So thank you, Christina. For You're welcome. Hey, Thank you so for having fun. me. Yeah. Thinking about February 13th, uh, we will be back to talk about the gospel leading up to February 13th next week, the seventh Sunday after the Epiphany. And we're getting extremely close to Lent, everyone. So just so everybody knows, keep it on your radar. And until then, we say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.